Eternal Journals is a podcast brought to you by Hipsters of the Coast and Cast Haven. Nathan Golia. Hey, Nate. How's it going? Very good, Zach. How about yourself? Uh, it's going okay. It's uh, it's been a pretty slow week for uh, for Magic news, huh? Yeah, we're in a pretty slow period, especially for Legacy. But uh, we'll have a little bit to talk about tonight. Um, did you get to play any Magic this week? Um, unfortunately, the only well, I, I not unfortunately, but the only Magic I got to play this week was uh, against you on uh, on Cockatrice, actually. That's right. We uh, we both uh, figured out that we could fire up Cockatrice and uh, play some test games. Uh, we tested Zach's uh, rug mid-range deck, and I would say it went okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I felt like my, my hands weren't amazing, but I definitely uh, was able to hold my own against uh, the Reed Duke deck that you were playing. Yeah, and it was funny. The Reed Duke deck I was playing uh, it turned out Punishing Fire was surprisingly good against that. Yeah, it was it was uh, funny the first so it, it, uh it, what was it uh one two in your 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 favor you you we went to three games. That's right. We played an actual series like yeah. you would at a, at a tournament. Yeah. So uh, the first game I was able to take off of the back of Punishing Fire, uh, after you had uh, established a true name nemesis that I wasn't able to counter, and um and the next two games uh, I lost a true name nemesis. Yeah, that goes with the, the true world order we were talking about, right? Yeah, of course. It seemed like what happened was that I used a lot more of my life total uh, with cards like Thoughtseize early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we eventually sort of ran each other out of stuff, uh, you had a little bit of reach with the Punishing Fire. Also Hooting Mandrels, I think one of those might have hit the table as well, and I couldn't get rid of it. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you end up getting a second true name, and that was pretty much it of the game. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that that helped. <laughs> Jace really did did a lot of work too. I feel like I, I drew a lot of extra cards off of Jace. Yeah, I think we both had Jaces at various points in the series, and uh, it's just it's good to see. It's good. To, it feels good to play Jace in a deck that's not Miracles and see that yeah. it's still pretty good. Um, but those mid range mirrors, I mean, something like Jace is a really nice trump card if you can get it down. For sure. But um, the one thing I will definitely I'll... say I learned from from all that was that uh, Tarmogoyf has to go, and I have to put in more Truni Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah, I mean, I, I had so I played the the Reduke list, but uh, but I did make some room for the Fatal Push uh, tech, and that was very important against your Tarmogoyfs. Yeah. Um, and it was also equally important that it was not able to hit Hooting Mandrills. Um, yeah, I remember you Thoughtseize me in the that. second game and just took the Mandrills at, right out of my hand when when what I thought the play to, to take was the uh, Hierarch because I only had a uh, Grove and a Hierarch. Um, and then I realized, oh no, you just can't deal with Hooting Mandrills at all. Yeah, and I think I was able to get a Fatal Push the Hierarch too yeah. and things going but uh i thought i thought it was an interesting it, it was really interesting i think oh you know you did draw a lot of cards off edric 
right? Yeah, I did, maybe I did, the first. I got like two or three one. extra cards off Ed- Edric. Edric was was doing a lot of work for me actually. Yeah, I remember, and I had to kill it at one point with a fatal push that I had to then fetch for. So I'm taking a damage to kill this card, and then uh, still letting a Tarmogoyf get in for a couple hits. So. Anyway, it was a it was a fun match. Really, it was really sort of nice to be able to play on on Cockatrice as well. So, I know it's it's it seems a little daunting to get into if you haven't already, but yeah, it really I, wasn't actually that hard. Yeah, to it was. It, out. <laughs> it was really surprising how easy that was to to pull off. Just go on there and uh, figure it out real fast. And I mean, I used Apprentice back in the day, so I was able to you know use use what knowledge I had from that to to figure it out. And it seemed like it went you know the it went pretty. Uh, pretty smoothly it took us i think a, an hour and a half in total to like get through three games between setup and like figuring everything out for the first time yeah how to upload a deck and everything so yeah. but but anyway yeah i got to play a little bit of legacy last night i um i took the bug standstill deck that was built by our uh compatriots i guess i should say in the legacy podcast community on the brainstorm show to our legacy weekly unfortunately i didn't do much of anything i uh i lost a sneaking show had a buy and then just got absolutely crushed by eldrazi um the sneaking show match i i probably just blew it i uh i got greedy and decided to well i won the first game basically just by having a lot of counter spells and um i, I drew six cards off standstill in the first game um which That's was nice <laughs> it's a lot of cards yeah um just was not able to didn't allow him to resolve a uh uh show and tell and that was pretty much it so i was on the on the draw in the second game and he mulliganed and i actually mulliganed to five my five was death rate thoughtsies double fetch land um i'm gonna guess like a cantrip and uh my top card was standstill so i had the option of obviously thought seizing on turn one which I think you should always do, and it turned out I was wrong to do it, not do it. But I played the death right, thinking my second turn would be death right, stands or I'm sorry, thought seize standstill. Um, so my opponent, he had multi, multi six, plays a basic island and passes. I think I, that should have set off alarm bells that he kept a six card hand and then didn't like ponder. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like. But I wasn't really thinking. It's you know five dollar weekly, so I was just like, whatever. I'll see what happens and play my death rate. Uh, Pass back to him. He had another island, Lotus Petal Show and Tell, Emrakul. Nope, that'll do it. Yeah. So, and and I was sort of thinking to myself, oh, I should have definitely known that he had it when he didn't do anything on turn one. Yeah. Like, why would you keep a six card hand in that deck? You know, that doesn't just have it if you're, you know, not going to do anything on turn one. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and then I lost the third game to Sneak Attack because Flusterstorm does not counter Sneak Attack. It does not. Which I knew. Yeah. But it's funny because he had probed me. Actually, what happened was he played a turn two defense grid, and I was like, well, I have no defense against this uh, deck unless I counter this. So I had to force a defense grid, which left me with a Flusterstorm. Um, I eventually thought seized him, and his hand was um, four. It was like a it was a flusterstorm, a sneak attack. Oh, maybe it wasn't a sneak attack. It was flusterstorm, Amrakul, Grizzlebrand. Maybe he had two sneak attacks, and then that's that sounds like what happened. The upshot was I took the flusterstorm, so that I could so he didn't have any answer to my flusterstorm. But then he uh, 
didn't try show and tell. He just drew four lands and played sneak attack. That was it. Yeah. Sometimes you <laughs> did, just, just hard cast sneak attack. Yeah. Against Eldrazi, the deck was, it just seemed like a pretty bad matchup. Um, the first game was just horrendous. I don't remember what happened. I just remember packing up my cards. Uh, the second game I barely won. He actually, it was kind of funny. Like the, the interesting thing about standstill decks is that the chalice on one doesn't necessarily bother you that much. Um, because you might not be playing like a ton of one drops with the standstills and like actual counter spell, you know, mm-hmm. Snapcaster Mage. So I was actually kind of in luck that he started out with like uh, I got to play a I like to play something maybe even a Deathrite Charm and then he had a Chalice on one, which I just sort of let resolve. That I played a standstill, which he had to break, um, and I did win that game. But like it was seriously like I had to cast a brainstorm into my. Uh, into his chalice, rather, that I could eat with my Deathrite Shaman to win um, <laughs> while he was attacking. Otherwise, I would have lost. <laughs> so, yeah. And then in the third game, it, I debated whether or not to board Standstill out, actually, but I couldn't, I didn't really feel like that was going to be great because, like, I was going to keep Force in and I just didn't want to go down so many cards. I was like, well, I just got to keep the board clear with counter spells and removal. Unfortunately, Cavern of Souls is a card. Yeah. So he played something. I forget what it was. Uh, maybe he didn't even play anything. Um, I managed to play a standstill is the upshot. And we just drew, just played draw go for a few turns. And he actually assembled, <laughs> he assembled Ayavugan, uh, Ancient Tomb, Ancient Tomb, City of Traders. Not in this order because the City of Traders didn't die. Yeah. Uh, cavern of souls and something else so at the end of at the end of one of my turns he activates i there's still a standstill out and gets a thought not seer he on his turn casts it with cavern i i trigger standstill draw three cards brainstorm to get rid of a bunch of lands fetch fatal push the uh uh thought not seer with the trigger on the stack then I reveal my hand. He takes a force of will. Then he taps two of his two more of his lands. He plays another thought not seer, uh. which he uses to take my snapcaster mage. Then he plays mimic mimic matter reshaper. Passes with one card in his hand. Jeez. So I just deploy everything I can. I'm at like 19, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna. Am I gonna die? Well, yes, because of course that one card was reality smasher. Oh man. <laughs> So I play like two creatures uh, that I have to chump block with, and then I I don't even think I was drawing the Toxic Deluge. I think I would have just not been able to cast it. So I was dead. But yeah, pretty brutal turn. I was actually, when he activates Ivug and I was thinking like, oh, he's going to have something horrific like um, like Ulamog, you know? And I'm not quite sure how the, the trigger works with Ulamog and Standstill. Like who gets their trigger first? Because he might actually be able to exile it before I draw three oh, draw three cards. Jeez, uh, I think the standstill dies first. It dies as soon as he casts it. I'm, I think, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's well, the hard to remember. Trigger too. It's a cast trigger, yeah. Um, but it didn't matter. That wasn't what he got. I was like, oh, thought not seer. That actually could have gone worse. I mean, I could beat a thought not seer. I just can't beat two of them plus two mimics plus a battery shaper plus a reality smasher. So his hand was pretty much all gas. That's um, crazy. So anyway, that was my that was my night. Yeah, that's... I thought the deck was okay. Um, I didn't think it was bad or anything. I just uh, um, they didn't feel Eldrazi was very 
favorable and that's very popular here yeah i mean that's where where i play uh eldrazi is a deck that you're bound to see in a night at least two of the people and the eight normal people that show up are uh are eldrazi players which is which is really demoralizing when you uh generally play rug delver that's why i've been looking for these different kinds of decks uh you know uh try and come up with something that's good against eldrazi because you're gonna see that at a tournament anyhow and then are also, you know, like, good against the rest of the meta. Um, is this rug deck that I've been messing around with the deck? I don't know. Uh, it's it's interesting to to mess around with these things, but it's really, uh, it's tough right now uh, to be to be in the, uh, the teamer uh, sphere as far as uh, color combinations are concerned. Yeah, I uh, actually, we've been having a, some fun changes to our meta. Uh, there's a couple people playing Enchantress. <laughs> So, uh, so that's in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I've played against it with a Trigon Predator in my deck, so yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Um, and uh, there's a player who's testing a, a pretty cool Tesserator build. There's actually a lot of, so there's a couple of Chantress players. Then there's t- anywhere from two to four Death of Taxes players every night now. That's become very popular. And ironically enough, Sneak and Show has become really popular as well. Um, so. Whereas I would have said, I would say that a few weeks ago, I would have expected to see a lot of like, um, you know, bug decks, sort of like the value mid rangey decks. Yeah. Um, people were really into Lurin and and Food Chain as well as sort of fringe versions of that. Um, but uh, now we're seeing just a lot of Death and Taxes versus Sneak and Show. So. Um, but that all being said. There is a player. Here's a segue for you. Uh, there was a player last night playing lands, and I walked over after one of my pastings and uh, saw that he had like a nine-eight tireless tracker with like six other uncracked clues. Jeez. The upshot is the other guy had a uh, ensnaring bridge. But I was thinking like we should maybe we could talk a little bit tonight about some cards that are starting to creep in and maybe have a little bit of a home, but, you know, wondering, like, is there a potential other home for this card? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyler's Tracker, huh? Um, yeah, I, I guess Tyler's Tracker could, if the format slows down a little bit, you could see this in some mid-range decks as well if you're looking to try and play a value deck. Um, I mean, obviously, lands does a really good job of stalling the game out a lot longer than it should be. So they and and they have a lot of lands, so Tyler's Tracker is natural in there. I liked I like the uh, I've seen it a couple times in like Nick Fit decks, and it just really can get away from you. But I think that's the that was the thing I was thinking of with this card is just that it's the kind of card that seems sort of innocuous, but in the right spot, it can really get away from you as an opponent. Yeah, and suddenly you're just you're just you know struggling for answers. Um, there are some negative aspects, like it doesn't match up very well against uh, Leovold making all those clues, but yeah, you know, sure. finding a way to you're you're an Eruptake color, in an Eruptake color, I guess. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I guess a card I've been thinking about was um, actually I just I just came up with this is the um, Mimic card, the new uh, Mimic guy. What is that? Metallic Mimic. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking about this, is and you know, it, it, the plus one plus one is on counters on these creatures after the mimic is cast. Um, but the mimic counts as one of these creatures. So just to give you an idea, this is a uh, 
two casting cost artifact creature that is a 2-1, and it's from Aether Revolt. Um, and when it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. Uh, it becomes that creature type, and then each creature you control uh, of the chosen type, when they enter the battlefield, they get a plus one, plus one counter. Um, this is interesting in, in a build like Merfolk, or even, you know, possibly uh, a more aggressive version of Death and Taxes, um, where you can uh, have a lord that doesn't care if your opponent kills it. Right, in a way, because, yeah, anything that comes in after this. It was funny you were talking, and I was thinking, like, what else could play this in Death and Taxes was my, yeah, was my idea. Yeah, the humans deck, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, it'd be interesting to see this in a Merfolk deck, uh, maybe replacing one of the weaker lords in the deck, maybe Regery or something like that, um, as, a, as a one or two of, because your opponent generally wants to get rid of your lords. That's that's a thing. But this also becomes a merfolk and gets the plus one, plus one from other merfolk lords. So um, it has like a weird synergy in the deck in that, in that your opponent is less likely to kill your lords because it knows that the metallic mimic is going to be more of a problem later on. Um, yeah. Because killing this... Um, stops those plus one plus one counters from staying on the creatures. Um, so it, it, it's interesting in a deck that goes turn one Aether Vial, turn two Metallic Mimic, and with the plus one uh, the counter on the Vial plays a Curse Curse Catcher. So you have a two two Curse Catcher now, um, and then untaps and like plays two more two two Lords um, that are now three threes, um, or five fives, I should say, because they're, they're giving each other plus one plus one. So that, that seems like an interesting card that, um, might make Merfolk, uh, a, a deck that just has a different kind of, uh, strategy to it now, because normally you just jam dudes and count and counter whatever your opponent casts to, to, um, kill your dudes. And also it creates a card that your opponent doesn't really know how to deal with directly, like, uh, with playing Merfolk, when you play against a Merfolk deck as a Merfolk player, you just kill the Lords. You're just like, I'll kill that Lord, I'll kill that Lord, I'll kill that Lord, I'll kill that Lord. Now, when you give them a choice between Metallic Mimic and a Lord, they have to make a decision, and there's always a chance that that's the wrong decision that they're making. Yeah, I think another thing that we should just note with this card in particular is that it is a two-casting cost artifact, mm-hmm. and that means that anyone can play it, right? Yeah. Um, like we were talking about last week with vehicles a little bit, and especially with the card Walking Ballista, which we hadn't talked about for this particular show, but um, uh, that anything like that is always something that you could see slotting into something else with, I mean, how many, maybe you need like what, two sets of creatures that are a relevant type, like for example, maybe you've got Deathrite Shaman and Leovold and you put this thing on Elf. Yeah. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you've got a little bit of extra value, maybe there's other Elf you want to play. Perhaps it is Bloodbraid Elf. Maybe it's no, Noble no, Hierarch. A Noble Hierarch isn't an elf. Oh, it's a human. human. Yeah, oh, damn. Yeah, but... Uh, it wants to be an no, elf would... so bad. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I'm actually checking. Noble Hierarch is it a human druid. Yeah, it's a druid. So you can't... But, I mean, even then, like, it's just like... You could also use a couple of these and put them on different creatures if you want the creature types, rather, if you wanted to. So, that was a good one. I hadn't thought of that. But there yeah. you go. There's your idea. What else do you think? Well, I was thinking a little bit after I was thinking about Tireless Tracker, I was thinking about Monastery Mentor. And obviously, we I guess my feeling is like this card is so busted in vintage. Like, like just letting someone untap with one in vintage is just suicide. Um, 
And I can't believe there's only one deck that can play this in Legacy. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I wondered if uh, something like Fatal Push might give it a little bit of a jump. Um, the uh, I once tried to play like an Esper Mentor deck, and the problem was that Mentor is a three casting cost card, and you know I just had trouble if they got a if they got a fast start. Yeah, wastelands are 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 funny like that. If if they're if they can stop you from getting to three, then you're in a you're in a real bind when your threat is more expensive than everything else that they're doing, and they can just out tempo you a lot of times. Yeah, but fatal push gives you like yeah, I mean you've got four sorts of plashes and you'll have like you know x amount of, above that on fatal push, and uh, that's the kind of thing that can keep you alive, um, keep you at mana parity or something as yeah. well. I think I was even trying innocent blood, thinking well this isn't the worst with monastery mentor, but yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean it, it, it doesn't it doesn't kill itself, kill the monastery mentor at the very least, right? But yeah, that I couldn't play like death rites or something, you know. So yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just like a card like that, like that's what those two cards are. Just more like, look at how these things get away from you. How do we? How is someone else not, not uh, not trying it? Yeah. Um. I mean, I've I've definitely seen Esper builds that play Painful Truths as well. So I mean, that's you know, a three mana draw three is not the worst. Uh, apparently in Legacy, it's 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 worked before. But yeah, I think I think that it's definitely a time that we see. Uh, white is a color that's not just a control color. That's like the secondary color in the uh, only other deck that plays it, you know, is uh, uh, that's not Death and Taxes because Death and Taxes is just a white deck. But like uh, seeing it in a deck that has spells, but also is aggressive would be kind of nice. Um, you know, not just seeing white and miracles and Death and Taxes would be interesting. Yeah, I I don't you preach the choir there. I I've seen uh I saw something that was like a I forget what the correlation was, but like eighty seven percent of decks played Tundra were also just miracles decks or something. Yeah, Someone yeah. had crunched the numbers. It was some huge percentage. There was no there was no land that was like that otherwise. So Um What about uh anything anything else? Well, I mean obviously I've I've gotta I gotta throw a flag down for hooting mandrels. Um I think in a meta where Fatal Push is is a card, and people are playing them aggressively. Um, and Abrupt Decay is, an, is another answer. And True Name Nemesis is being pushed heavily. Um, Hooting Mandrills is at a really interesting spot where um, even if your opponent has uh, a true name, true name Nemesis, it can't profitably block the um, Hooting Mandrills by itself and kill it. One. And... Um, it tramples over the rest of the damage. So st- your opponent's still taking three damage uh, if he even has a Hooting, hooting Mandrills. Whereas some people would say, oh, Gurmag Angler's bigger. The the trample on Hooting Mandrills is, is, is a giant bonus. And oddly enough, the higher casting cost uh, on Hooting Mandrills uh, over just, just having a high casting cost is another nice bonus too. Well, one thing that uh, you have in your deck was Noble Hierarch. That's also really nice with a four-four trampler. Yeah, a five-five trampler is even better Makes than a four-four trampler. trampler. Um, yeah, and it really comes down to with this card, like how prepared is your opponent for it? Um, in that, like, and and like who what did you, who drew what, right? So you, it sucks when they have a Tarmogoyf, right? Or you sure. have, or they have a Gurmagangler. But uh, I mean, you know, it's the it's Fatal Push's world <laughs> from one. You know, Tarmogoyf gets hit by Spell Snare. Gurmag Angler, you're not going to jam a bunch of them. 
um, it's one more than than Hooting Mandrills even to cast. So it's can't you can't even delve, delve it as uh, as well. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely something worth looking into. Uh, Hooting Mandrills right now. It's it's the trample over the three one and the three three that are the top end of these other decks. Yeah, um, is really important. So uh, what about you? You got you've got to have one too now. Yeah, so uh, I picked up last night the card Yehenny's Expertise from uh, Ether Revolt. Um, it is two black black for a sorcery that says all creatures get minus three minus three until end of turn, and then you may cast a non-land or no, not non-land card. You may cast any card uh, with converted mana cost three or less without paying its mana cost. So I picked this card up because I I just can't believe this card is bad. <laughs> um, the, the, I mean, the best case scenario is that you're wiping the board and then putting something else down, right? Yeah. And obviously, there are a lot of cards bigger than X3, but just talking about the, the creatures that we say are, are you know pretty popular right now, um, a lot the Mana Dorks, your Leovolds, your True Name Nemesis, Nemesi, whatever. Um, it this doesn't is even make up. you draw for uh, killing a Leovold. Right. Right. And the other thing is that you're in black already, right? So whatever you drop off this can clean up whatever is left. Um, cards like Diabolic Edict are seeing a lot of play right now um, because of Merit Lage and the Black Red Reanimator decks and True Day Nemesis. Um, so if, if it leaves a Tarmogoyf behind, you just drop a uh, Diabolic Edict and you've cleared the board, right? Yeah. If it does clear the board, now you're really cooking with gas. Uh, I mean, obviously the card I was thinking about was Standstill. <laughs> Um, I mean, you always want to play standstill on an empty board. People are looking into it a little bit more now. Um, and if you can play this into a standstill, that's a that's a pretty advantageous position. Um, the only thing is going to be it's a four-mana double black spell. So, you know, you might want to have your own force of will to back it up or your own daze to back it up or maybe a probe or something to see their hand and make sure it's clear. But otherwise, just a must-counter, right? Yeah, yeah, especially if you're if you've committed to the board. Um, you know, this, this spell is basically, uh, a three for one. We have to assume you're killing more than one creature with it and then you're throwing down something of your own. Um, so that's, that's a pretty, uh, a pretty snazzy, uh, thing to add to the card is being able to just, oh, here you go. I'll just cast this three, three casting cost or less spell on top of this for four mana. Yeah, I mean something like Liliana the Veil can come down after oh, this God. as well. That would, that's also a brutal card in empty board. So, um... I, I'm I'm looking forward to testing it out. I guess the other thing we should always know is that you can cast ancestral visions. <laughs> yeah. So. Whoa, um, that's awesome! I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So you uh, you can do that as well. It could be some sort of like sweeper backup plan. After playing with Toxic Deluge last night and being in a position where like I had one turn to draw it and then it was a dead draw, I was really like thinking about other potential sweepers. Yeah. So. Oh. Um. I guess another card I could think of is I think Punishing Fire might see its way back into the meta. Right, and I think there are a couple of reasons for that, but maybe you could start with yours. Well, yeah, so uh, people are playing more mana dorks now because they're playing creatures with a higher casting cost in the form of more Trinity Nemesis. So they're trying to make sure that they still can get that turn two Trinity Nemesis or a turn three turn Nemesis with a uh, day's backup. Uh, plan for like when your opponent tries to daisy, you got them. You have the mana for that. So there are more mana dorks out there, and that means that the, uh, it's just easier to pick off your opponent's mana dorks. 
Yep, uh, I was going to say that. I was going to say Chalice on one. Yeah, also Chalice uh, on one. So it, you know, replacing unpopular. your bolts with this is, is not, an, not a terrible idea. I also think, I mean, it's, it's probably pretty good against DNT. Um, I've never really tried it against in that matchup, but I'm sure that is a helpful card, and Death yeah. Attacks is pretty popular. Well, it, I, it means that they have to kill your uh, Groves with their uh, Wastelands, and that's not always an option. Right. Um, the other thing is maybe, you know, we, maybe you start seeing, as we see more of these mid-rangey decks that are playing a dork and then ramping into something, maybe you start seeing more elves and elves and other deck that this is if you can keep them off certain elves you're in pretty yeah. good shape so um yeah i think we got through most of our list we want to give a shout out for edric yeah i mean edric is a possibility as well uh that that card's been pretty interesting whereas yeah it does get hit from fatal push if they revolt it um it's just an interesting card in that it can draw you a card when it, when it comes to play, basically. Like, if you have a creature in play, you can attack immediately and draw a card from it. Or several cards. So if it's replacing itself, um, it's, it's, it's actually not too shabby as far as, like, a card that your opponent has to get off the board. And uh, it works really go- great with uh, Hooting Mandrels as well because of the Trample. Um, yep. One other it's card really I just thought of that might, uh-huh. that might be... Oh, go on. You were about to say something about uh, Edric. What I was going to say about Edric is that it's a card that had a little bit of testing and a couple decks of people tried it, right? And that kind of went away, and now his big brother, or I, mean, I don't know if they're related, him and Leovold. But um, but it's also one of these cards that can really get away from you, <laughs> and suddenly someone's just ripping a bunch of cards off the top every turn. They're both um, they're both from the same country? They probably work in the same office. Yeah. They're both from right? Trest, right? They're both elves. Here's a here's a uh, here's a card for your metallic here's a deck for your metallic mimic rather with death right and both people from oh, trust. Wow. A couple of people had to say, oh, we've got both people from trust in the same deck. Now you're now you're really cooking with gas. <laughs> um, but that's that's the thing. I think that um, as legacy is sort of, you know, it's it's not going to be evolving very quickly right now just because there's a lack of really big tournaments. Yeah. But there are going to be some opportunities to tweak strategies and tweak decks, and that these kinds of cards that, um, you know. You could you have a little breathing room now to sort of take a look at it because you're not playing like a big tournament all the time, you know. Yeah. It's like one every couple months at this point, so you can test some things and and sort of see how they go. So I had one more card that uh, I think I think could begin to see more play, um, mm-hmm. and that's because you know the format's slowing down a little bit. We think, right? And this card has a really great uh, sort of attrition value, um, and that is Dust Bowl. Yeah, I've never played it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I've never played a Dust Bowl in my life, but uh, it's well, an expedition of it. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about Dust Bowl is like, so in, in decks where you're playing 25 land against a 25 land opponent and every one of their lands is non-basic and you're basically just going back and forth uh, to try and, uh, you know, gain supremacy in, in, in the short, uh, I think that uh, Dust Bowl is a card that uh, could be... Maybe you replace your wa- one of your wastelands with a dust bowl and just see if you can get two or three lands off your opponent with with it. Yeah, the idea of uh, going into the long game now is really is really something that we're uh, that that people are trying to do more of. You know, it used to be that like the long game was sort of miracles purview and that was it, right? Yeah. But now you've got a lot of people going into the long game and dust bowl. 
uh, you know, it's just even holding it up against a deck playing, for example, um, uh, Merit Lage, uh, Dark Depths, right? Yeah. <laughs> there are some decks that are all in on that, and, you know, if you can sort of weather the storm early on. I mean, Dust Bowl is also really good with Crucible, which is a, another long game card that oh, hasn't yeah. really been in favor. But we saw Crucible in a Miracles deck a while ago with Wasteland. Yep. <laughs> um, there was a Dust Bowl in a Lamb Fan uh, Blue Black standstill list that he top aided with up in Toronto. So uh, definitely a card that that people are looking at, and uh, a lot of non-basic lands, you know, are yeah. out there, especially with Eldrazi. I mean, if you can weather the storm with Eldrazi, then just start picking off their lands. It's a it's a nice place to be. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it that I can think of as far as like cards that we haven't really spoken about completely that that um, could could start to see more play. That's right, um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So uh, if you have any cards, you'd you know, want to get an opinion on in terms of whether or not you think it'd be good or why you think it might be good. Um, we're going to start setting up some social media and uh, we'll be, make it so that you can, you can talk to us yeah. uh, a little bit easier. Speaking of that, um, we should mention that we have a Patreon up uh, at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles um, where you can uh, help us out with the cast by uh, donating a little bit to the Patreon and we'll, we'll be uh, upgrading our equipment a little bit. Actually, Nate just got a, a new mac- microphone. Yeah, hopefully everyone can notice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I certainly can. Um, and I, I picked up a, a little bit of equipment as well. So we, we're hopefully sounding a little bit better for everybody, which is, which is the first step in the process. Um, and uh, some, other, some other steps are, uh, you know, basically uh, maybe eventually doing a little bit more content weekly. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, going into doing some deck techs and stuff like that uh, if, we're, if we're able to pass a certain amount of, uh, of uh, funding. So that's that's something uh, you know the people who have already done it we really appreciate that that's it's a total godsend to to uh, get a little bit extra to uh, keep the podcast running and and as always you know we're always gonna you know be be producing this weekly no matter if you're paying or not it's it... it's free to loving home yeah of course <laughs> all right on that note I guess we'll say good night yeah so okay. thank you thanks Zach. have a good one. Monster. Can you see any monster? But that would go good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, any monster. Can you see any monster? But that would go good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys?